Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Welcome, everybody, to the In Off The Bench Podcast. My name is Jim Cross, and tonight I am rolling solo, and I'm okay with that because it is episode 31 called No Ordinary Cat, and that cat is the man himself, Trey Morgan from the LSU baseball team. First base, left field, doesn't matter. He can do it all, and there's nothing I would rather do than get his story and talk LSU baseball, so let's not waste any time and get into the biggest interview of podcast this week with our man, Trey Morgan. Trey, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's very rare that we get to talk to guys on the road, so this is a little different, man. Uh, got you over there getting ready for Auburn, but before we get into your story, man, I want to break the ice a little bit, find out about you. You know, right now, what's your favorite song? If, you know, if you just turn on the turn on the music, what you putting on? Uh, my favorite song I go with "Search and Rescue" by Drake right now. Can't ever go wrong with Drake. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of – I like how he can switch up his flow a little bit. Yeah. That's kind of no, what I like about him. Yeah, no doubt. And I just like when any guest says anything other than country music. And because me, <laughs> me and Daniel, my other host, we don't listen to country music. So when, when they say it, we're like, who? Like what? So nah. Right, right, right. <laughs> so so we good. This one will be interesting, man. It's almost a different answer for every guest, man. Every guest has their has their answer to this one. What's your favorite baseball movie all time? My favorite one? Um, I probably I go with Sandlot. I go with the go-to, you know. It's pretty much one of the first baseball movies I've ever watched. And it's kind of what um, I feel like it brought me – it brings me back to travel ball every time I watch it because that's kind of like what it is. You know, you're just playing with your best friends, not worried about anything in the world. Uh, wins and losses only matter to yourself, you know. So that's kind of – that's the vibes I get from that. Absolutely. That movie is the GOAT. My wife actually took me for like uh, – I want to say it's like my 28th birthday – uh, the AAA Redbirds to the Cardinals, they had it playing on the Jumbotron and you could go lay out like picnics on the field and, and watch it. And so we went and did that as a family. I got two small kids who enjoy the movie as well. They even had, you know, not the actual dog from the movie, but a dog that looked identical. It was, it was cool, man. That, mo- that movie is definitely, it, like you said, it's it's the kid vibes, right, man? It reminds you that baseball is a kid's game. Right, right. Exactly. And that's something that kind of could get lost when you're playing college baseball, especially because you feel like, I mean, yeah, every out, every at bat matters. But in the end of the day, it's really just enjoying every pitch you can with your boys that you're together with most of 
your college career. So I swear y'all got the same name. Y'all might be the same person. The last person who really elaborated on just talking about that same kind of thing was Trey Richardson from TCU. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the trays understand what it's about uh, playing baseball. <laughs> just just remembering to be young. But with that man, you know, growing up, who was your favorite athlete? Um, I'd say I looked up to Kobe Bryant. Uh, just his mentality, the way he carries himself, or the way he carried himself when he played. Um, it's kind of who my dad. Uh, wanted me to emulate and watch him play, watch old clips. And I got to watch him for a few years too and remember. And it's really just that whole Mamba mentality thing. Like make that your person. Like, no, you never want to try to copy anybody and you want to be your own person. But if you can kind of take that Mamba mentality idea and take it with you every chance you get in practice games, even how you carry yourself in normal life, um, you can't help but be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And, man, talk about another reason to not be missing Randy. That is his favorite athlete all time as well. So that would have been another thing. But one thing that we all have is we're all girl dads. And so that was the other thing that, that Kobe taught us was for us three, not even just the mama mentality, but how to approach, you know, being a girl dad and, um, you know, empowering them. So, man, yeah, Kobe is that dude and his his legend will live on forever. But – Let's get into your story, man. You're starting a legendary story yourself. Uh, man, where are you from? I'm from New Orleans. I'm from the 504. Absolutely. I knew that, but for those who don't know that, that is the spot. Um, you know, family dynamics, man. You talked about your uh, your dad. Let's start there, man. Played football at Morris Brown. He uh, he got them athletic genes. Is that where you got them? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, like you said, he was better at football, but to this day, he swears he was better than I was at baseball, too, so he'll never let me stop hearing that one. It's but, easy um, to talk about it and not do it, though, Trey. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he talks about if he had the same, um, you know, coaches and helper uh, and leader like he is to me, he would have went somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we see how it turned out. Man, you know, there's always there's always a story, but when you can't back it up, you know, it's always we, we we like to talk to a lot of baseball players. They'll come on here and talk about they can hoop, and then we'll talk to their teammates, and they'll be like, "Man, dude's busted, jump shots broke." It's always easy to talk about. <laughs> but uh, if I see this correctly, uh, you the middle child of three. I am, yes, sir. So no, are you the, are you the forgotten one, Trey? No, actually, my sister she calls me the golden child because I'm that middle child that's kind of. Not treated like a middle child, you know. I don't have that middle child syndrome, so I kind of lucked out in that regard. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's a good thing. So, you know, growing up, man, when did you start playing baseball? And was it the only sport, or are you one of those athletes that kind of tried everything growing up? Oh yeah, um, I've been working on practicing baseball with my dad ever since I was like two years old. We went from two years old on, and I I didn't play other sports. I tried football for you know, a couple of years when I was younger. But as I uh, grew up, it was mostly just baseball, uh, practicing baseball, perfecting my craft in baseball. And then um, when I got to middle school, you know, I played a little football and then uh, played a little bit in high school. I stopped playing my sophomore year to focus on baseball fully. But, um, yeah, ever since I was two, it's been a grind. Uh, even when I was, like, I think it was six or seven, um, I didn't play with 
any other team or anything like that. It was just as soon as my dad got off of work, we went to the field and we practiced. And that was about two years of my life. That's what we did. So mm-hmm. shout out to Pops then. If that's the case, I mean, most of these kids are already, you know, on travel teams at five, six years old, already getting into the mix and you just work on Pops. And obviously it's paying off if if you look at your game now. On the football side of things, man, did you find that it helped with your, you know, a lot of guys who play multiple sports, specifically when we talk to baseball players who play football, they say that it did help with their overall athletic ability. Would you say it helped in any way with that? Um, I say just based off of like how you work out and everything for that. Yeah, it definitely helps. I say for me, um, the most it helped with was mentally. I felt a lot freer on the football field, and I kind of took that to baseball because everything I did in baseball I felt like, oh, I got to do this. Like this is what I'm supposed to be good at, sort of thing. So when I was on the football field, I was like, dude, I don't really. I'm not too good at football, you know, like I'm just run around and do what I'm supposed to do, what I'm taught to do. And when I was able to take that to baseball, that definitely helped out a bunch. Yeah, no doubt. The, and, and, you know, when you when I watch you play baseball, I mean, you know, you do have fun when you're out there, but you can see that serious side. Like you you mentioned that mama mentality and, and you know, a lot of guys who play football kind of get that because you got to get serious when you play football, especially, you know, you're playing free safety if I read this right. So you got to be ready to light somebody up coming across the middle. Right, right, right. All right, so what high school did you go to? Uh, I went to Brother Martin High School in Gentilly. All right, so from what I see, uh, the number 220 player ranked in the country by Perfect Game, 2019 first team all-district, all-metro, and all-state selection. You batted 483 with 12 doubles, 27 RBIs, 34 runs, and 16 stolen bases. So, man, just talk to me, you know, Travel ball is obviously a big deal, but a lot of guys like to reflect on their time in high school, man. And you read stats like that, you know, how much fun was playing baseball in high school? Oh, dude, it was awesome. And those stats that you're reading, that was my first time um, winning all those awards, winning all district, all metro, all state, all that, because I was playing behind, I was playing in the same league as Kate Beloso for <laughs> two years. And in high school, he was winning Gatorade Player of the Year, all state, all that. Uh, he actually came in and took two state championships from me back to back. He came into our league and won back to back. So that was the first year that um, I kind of got to see my name get recognized a little bit. And that definitely felt good. But um, back in high school, obviously, baseball was much easier <laughs> in high school. I think um, I brag about this to this day. I only struck out like three times in four years in all of high school. Like, I didn't ever strike out, but I also never hit a whole lot of home runs. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I carried that a little bit into college. Yeah, obviously, I've struck out more than three times in three <laughs> years at this point because it's a little bit more challenging. But, uh, yeah, I kind of take that approach, like try to do anything to not strike out. Well, well, we'll obviously get into that, but I mean, nobody does it better than you guys at LSU with the, with the two strike count, no doubt. the The K thing is interesting, and he was he was our very first uh, LSU baseball guest, and and so let's let's get into that, man. Let's 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 talk about first, and then we'll get into the K. You know, what made you choose LSU? Obviously. Um, you're obviously from New Orleans. It's just down the road. Was there any other schools or was it always going to be LSU for you? I mean, obviously, every kid growing up in pretty much any part of Louisiana, their goal is to play at LSU. Yeah, I talked to a few other schools, but um, 
once LSU offered me, I jumped right on it. I think I let it sit for like a week max, and then I committed. I called Coach Kane, and then called Coach Maneri, and um, I was on board. So when you get to a school that's that prestigious, known for winning championships, you know, and and this is where I wanted to correlate it to Cade. He talked about when he got there, even though that was, you know, the dream and everything, he said he was nervous as crap when it when it all started and he got there. Did you feel the same or were you more excited? Yeah, no, I definitely felt the nerves and everything. And Cade actually took me under his wing, which he didn't have to do at all. And, man, we competed for the same spot that fall. But you wouldn't have been able to tell that in the locker room. Um, he gave me tips every day on how to take care of my body and everything for the long season. Because it's a different season uh, going from high school to college. You play, obviously, more games, more at-bats. And the games mean a little bit more. So he taught me, you know, not how to really pace myself, but how to make sure my body's fully ready for every game. Because uh, that uh, game three in the Super Regions in Omaha, they, they don't care how tired you are from the games you played before that. You got to get the job done. Absolutely. And I mean, it really speaks to it. It's kind of crazy how this comes full circle because, you know, I mentioned Cade's episode and at the timeline in which we had him on was when you were a freshman coming in and he talked about it. You know, a lot of guys would be salty, right? They're going to have to compete for their position. It's not just theirs. And he talked about how he looked forward to y'all, you know, iron sharpening iron and for y'all battling and it would only make y'all better. And and that if, you know, you did win the spot, you know, that, that means you earned it. And so most guys don't think like that. And now that I know high school and everything that came before it, that kind of goes with the story, it all makes sense, right? And so uh, that's pretty cool. It just speaks to both y'all's character. And y'all just want to make the best versions of each other and, and be good teammates. Yeah, definitely. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is if we win. Um, when you go out uh, playing with your boys, that confidence definitely helps. Like, you got to trust that whether it's the guy behind you, the guy next to you, guy in front of you, you got to trust that he's going to get that job done. And you can't trust that he's going to get it done if in practice you're hoping for him to miss a ball so you could, you know, kind of jump him on the depth chart. Like, no, that's not how it's done. Yeah, it's something I try to – I talk, talk to people about. They think it's just because, you know, my family's from Louisiana. I'm an LSU fan. I try to, you know – explain the culture and like the brotherhood because it's not even just the players right like the parents the way that they you know I, I go to all these different stadiums and I cover all these different teams and and players and it's still not the same as it is at LSU is the way the players and their camaraderie is the way the parents and their camaraderie is the the culture and everything it, it really is just about you know supporting each other and having each other's back and then at the end of the day trying to win and, and that's that's unique to LSU. I don't care what anybody says. And so that's why I love being a fan of it. I love being a fan of you guys. And and so let's get into it, man. Freshman year, you wasted no time, right? You batted 357, uh, 16 doubles, four triples, six home runs, 42 RBIs, 64 runs scored, and 15 stolen bases. LSU's le leading hitter of the year with runners in scoring position, batting 379, you know, I know you're not a, a guy who, you know, the accolades don't matter. You're a humble cat, but I got to read them, man. D1 baseball, second team, freshman, All-American, second team, All-SEC, freshman, All-SEC, SEC, All-Defensive team. So, man, you know, what do those awards mean to you? Because, like I said, I know at the end of the day it's it's about team ball, but as as a person who works as hard as you do and pride yourself on the work you do, that's got to mean something. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's awesome to get recognized for the hard work that, you know, you put in all season before the season uh, leading up to the next season. So when you see the, your name kind of pop up on stuff like that, it's cool. Like I have the awards, you know, in my um, apartment kind of hanging up in clear view for me to see every day. Yeah, that's something that when it's in front of your face, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, like you did. You did something good that year. Yeah, no doubt. And so, you know, as a team, y'all wanted to do something special. It was Coach Maneri's last year. And, uh, you know, it was an up and down season. But nonetheless, man, y'all managed to make it to a regional in Eugene, Oregon, and obviously come away advancing to a super regional, man. Just talk about what it was like going into a hostile environment and being able to take them out on their own turf. Man, when – um. First off, that was the longest plane ride I had ever been on <laughs> at, up until that point. Um, but once we got there and the jet lag kind of wore off and everything and got our practice done, we stepped on the field game one with a whole lot of confidence. You know, like this guy pitching, yeah, he throws weird, but he throws soft. Like it was a soft throwing righty who threw very funky. And he diced us the whole game. I think he pretty much pitched the whole game. And he diced us up and we lost. And, you know, this is my first time in tournament play. You know, I don't really know how it works. And the vibes were pretty much gone because all the older guys, you know, they knew that you don't want to lose that first game. Because <laughs> once you lose that first one, you have to play four in a row, play four or five in a row, and you got to win them all. Like, it's just – it goes from having to win three to having to win about four or five games. So, after we got back to the hotel, got a little talk from Coach Maneri, and the next day um, he talked to us again and talked to us about how this isn't how our season's going to end. Um, you know, out here in Eugene, Oregon, this isn't where LSU's going to end their season. Like, it just doesn't – Seem right. It doesn't seem like this is how this is supposed to go. But he did say if it does happen, I want y'all to be able to leave this feeling like you played your hardest every inning. Because at the end of the day, this could be the last time that we step on the field with this group of guys. Like, it's kind of like a whole uh, last dance scenario. So... Uh, at the end of the game, if we feel like we held something back, um, there should be no reason for that because our season could come to a heartbreaking end in one pitch. So that's just kind of how he talked to us. That's how he got us ready to play. Well, and clearly y'all we just needed your back against the wall because y'all played exceptionally well from, from there on. Oh, the rest of your time yeah. you're there. We, after that, we looked like the best team in that regional by far after that loss happened. Yeah, and, and my boy is who who's obviously not able to make it. He's texting me right now because we're coming into. I told him we were fixing to come into the Tennessee portion, and he will admittedly tell you, man, he was like, you know, regardless of Tennessee's success that year, you know, he saw the way that y'all won in Eugene, and man, he wasn't excited to to see you guys. Uh, like, I mean you know LSU with the prestige that comes behind it and then they get hot and y'all got the talent you got that's not the team that exactly you want to come especially with you know how it got it got chippy during the regular season and so you know 
Um, it, it was interesting to say the least, but obviously instead of getting into the negative of what happened in that, that super regional and you guys losing, man, I wanted to take the time to tell you, you know, we've probably had from that Tennessee team, at least 15 guests on here. And there's two guys they always bring up. Kid you not. It's always the expected It's Dylan Cruz. And then it's always you and specifically Luke Lipsius and maybe it's fellow first baseman, the first baseman, even though you've been playing left field. He said he talked about how you struggled when y'all had played originally. And then you came in there in super regional and just teed off. And he also talked about how their uh, their uh, student section was giving you the business. And he said the way you responded to all that, he said, man, that is a dude right there. That is that guy is amazing. And he has all my respect. And so I thought I would tell you, even from a negative that came from that series, you've had numerous Tennessee players come on here and talk about you and specifically Luke talk about you're that guy. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, I remember that series. I remember that whole year of playing them uh, going 0 and 5 against them and that one stings a little bit but yeah that's awesome it does mean a lot um coming from him especially because that is somebody who obviously plays the same position and uh he's really good at it so I kind of you know uh got some tips from him and everything while we played but yeah that's awesome to hear yeah, so the next year comes in. You obviously have uh, Maneri depart. You have Jay Johnson come in. But, you know, from what I noticed, it seemed like, obviously, you know, you're you're losing a, a Hall of Fame coach, but it seemed like the team didn't seem to lose its cohesiveness, its stride. You know, would that be a fair assessment? If It seemed like y'all were still LSU baseball and ready to rock. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, during that offseason – uh, we're kind of looking at Twitter, you know, like everybody else, trying to see who our next coach was going to be. And once we saw um, who it was, he called us all um, individually and spoke with us. Uh, he spoke with me multiple times and had conversations. And I was like, man, this is different. You know, like this isn't kind of I'm a step in like I don't know this guy at all. Like I have to meet him. No, like over the phone, we had real deep conversations and uh, talked about what's expected of us next year, uh, what he should expect of me and what I can expect from him uh, coming into that first year of him as a coach. So he really helped with that. He built that bond and um, we kind of didn't turn back. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, for you, it showed, uh, you know, you started all 62 games, um, 61 at first base. You had the one at DH. You batted 324, 18 doubles, one triple, five home runs, 54 RBIs, and 50 runs. Um, you know, the thing I always like to ask is, you know, freshman to sophomore season, you know, the learning curve, like, you know, just how much did you gain from that experience just getting that freshman year under your belt and then going into that sophomore year and being able to produce the way you did? Yeah, um, it definitely obviously taught me a lot. Um, I was able to kind of know how to set it up, like how to set up my workout routine, you know, how to set up when I'm going to go in and get extra work and everything like that and kind of learn how my body is going to respond to um, a long season like that. And, um, yeah, I got a little hurt last year kind of early on in the season and was kind of dealing with that for the um, most part. 
for the longest part of the season. But before that, uh, my body was in pretty much the best shape of its life. You know, um, I was flowing. I was getting in the training room, getting ice baths, everything like that. Like, I learned how to take care of my body and get ready for the season. Yeah, because, you know, high school, you play X amount of games. In college, you're, you know, you're doubling it up, especially then you make it to the postseason. So, yeah, your your body's taking on a whole different toll. Um, you know, one series that I went to, uh, I went down to the Shriners Classic, man, and it, it's cool to see you guys play in a big league ballpark. But for you, man, how cool was it for you to play in a big league ballpark against some high-level competition? Oh, man, that – uh, I don't know. Second game. It was the second game we played Texas and uh, all the fans in there cheering and everything like that. Um, that was, I'd say, the most nervous I had been before taking I.O., like doing our little warm up than ever. Because just everybody, it was like, go Tigers and then go Longhorns and everything like that. I was like, oh, this is this is something different. This is going to be a little serious. So I felt that one. I got goosebumps from that one. Yeah, I mean, I stayed for every game of that entire classic. And like you said, that game was different than the rest. It it, it was full of fans and they were going back and forth. And it was in a, and it was good fun, too. It was, it was unique maybe because – and, you know, Texas obviously is fixing to come into the SEC, but maybe because it wasn't an SEC – you know, foe and rival. Uh, it it was good. You know, fun going back and forth with the, with the Texas fans that were in my section. You know, because of the way it's like GA too. Like you know, you you might be sitting in a whole bunch of sections with a whole bunch of different fans from both teams. So it was really cool. But it was cool to see y'all in that atmosphere. And then obviously, man, the uh, it wasn't the Texas game, but the uh, I forgot. Uh, who did Thompson walk it off on? Was it Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Yeah, man, dude, that that moment the goosebumps and I think you know obviously we're seeing JT hit bombs on the regular now but last year I don't know he just caught me off guard with that thing and it obviously you know you were right there that wasn't your ordinary home run man that thing was serious yeah no he smashed that one as soon as they hit the bat like we started celebrating <laughs> like that excuse me that ball is way gone yeah no doubt so the you know, I, I go back and I look at the the season, and it was just so up and down. Like, I, I mean, I was there in Baton Rouge when y'all got swept by by Ole Miss, but then the next weekend y'all go in and sweep Vandy at their house. It just, you know, there wasn't any consistency. You know, y'all showed signs of y'all could y'all could be a team that could win a national championship, and then some weekends it's like, man, I just don't know. Like, it, was there any particular reason why y'all couldn't just seem to find that consistency? Um, no, I I wouldn't put it on any reason, really, other than the fact that our defense just wasn't the best. Like, we couldn't rely on um a ground ball being an out, and that's – you need defense. Um, To win games, you need pitching and defense. No matter how many runs you score, you got to get three outs at some point. So, that's um that's one of the main reasons for – the lack of consistency. Yeah, understandable. So, you know, I was at the first two games of the regional in Hattiesburg. Uh, matter of fact, George Cruz likes to mess with me and tell me that it's my fault that y'all lost because I left. But uh, I had to go to work nonetheless. But, you know, I went there and was able to watch y'all win the first two. Boy, let me tell you something. I, I don't even want to know how it was for you guys. It was It was hotter than hell sitting in the stands. 
So I don't even want to know what it's like playing baseball on the field. But Hattiesburg had a different kind of heat. And I understand Baton Rouge is south of Hattiesburg, but it didn't feel like it, man. But, you know, obviously y'all end up losing. But we've had, I don't know, five, six, seven of your teammates on since that. And I don't think any of them are being naive. I don't think I am. I feel like, and you know, defense to your point was part of it. And, you know, lack of hitting in key situations, runner in scoring position, pitching when you needed it. But it felt like talent wise and overall, y'all were a better team. You just didn't finish the job. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, we, I wouldn't say we lost focus, but we definitely didn't show up um, how we needed to to make it out of that um, regional at all. Yeah, so, you know, the good news is a lot of guys coming back and then, you know, y'all kill it in the transfer portal. Shout out to Jay Johnson for, for the moves he makes. And so, you know, you start the season this year, 36-8, and eight, been ranked number one from day one. Um, you know, obviously with that transfer portal, a lot of guys, you know, or a lot of attention has shifted to guys like Skeens and White. But, man, the players y'all got coming back already just enough is a high caliber team. So once you get all those teams together, like, you know, just um, I was at some of the fall scrimmages, so I saw it, man. But just tell me what it felt like from you, from a player's perspective, like realizing all the guys that you had came back, plus what you had added in, like the emotions knowing, hey, like we're preseason ranked number one for a reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, this year definitely um, had a different feel to it when it started. Um, just because of what we brought in, what we brought back, and the mentality that we have. Um, looking around in the kind of dugout after that one, seeing uh, my teammates really, you know, in tears, like brought to tears because that one hurt just that much because of all the work that we put in and we know we put in uh, kind of during the season, before the season. So that one hurt um, a little bit, a little bit different. So that kind of drove us to uh, work that much harder this fall and uh, leading up to the spring. Yeah, no doubt. And so I was going to actually ask you, you know, this year so far, what player has surprised you the most? But I'm actually just going to go because we ended up talking about him. Let's talk about Kay Beloso for a second because I – I mean, I feel like he's the guy that's not getting the love, right? Because we're we're talking about a guy, you know, who's whether it's been, you know, injuries or, you know, obviously you came in everything, you know, trying to find his spot. And now he's sitting there in the heart of the order doing his thing on an every game basis, man. Talk about like just how cool that is, you know, especially because y'all got a long history seeing, you know, the Creole Bambino have such success. Dude, it's awesome. Like when he hits a home run, I I don't know if I'm the loudest in the dugout, but I'm definitely up there jumping up every time that dude does something good. And it's just like every time he walks up now, um, I expect him one to have a great at bat and two to go yard. <laughs> just just <laughs> the confidence he's walking around with and the way he's swinging it. So yeah, I mean, I'm definitely is one of his biggest fans right now. Yeah, no, I was I was at the series in Oxford. I actually live just down the road. So when I come see y'all, I gotta make the drive. When I when I go see y'all at Ole Miss or Mississippi State, it's just around the way. But 
yeah, he hit bombs in two out of those three games. And and it was crazy that after he had hit one in the game three, they were like, that's his eighth home run of the season. I was like, eighth, man. It feels like my dude's at like 20 by now. Like, it, it's, right. it's starting it's to feel right. regular. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – first off, when he hits it, it's not like a wall scraper either. Like, it's like – it's like these balls almost clear the diamond deck. Do any so, y'all, but do any of y'all hit ones that I mean y'all love to hit tanks. That's what y'all do, man. Like, and if you don't, you pound them, that gap. Yeah. You if you don't, you pound that gap, right? Like, right, 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 right. Yeah. So I, I mean, mean, we yeah. definitely kind of pride ourselves on the home run and celebrating it, definitely, because um once we know it's gone, uh, we it's all it's all the hard work we put in to kind of make it go. So once we make it go, it's kind of we deserve some room to celebrate. Yeah, and so something that we had started in the the start of the episode and talked about, and I want to bring back around because you were talking about in high school with the strikeouts. Man, you guys with the two strike approach, like, is you know, is that something that you know y'all work on together? Obviously, with the coach and staff, whatever. But I mean, I've never, as long as I've watched college baseball, it doesn't matter my team or any other team. I've never seen a team that. Can a guy can be in an O2 count and I'm still confident that he's maybe not even only gonna get a hit, but get a walk. Like, I mean, talk to me about that, how y'all go about the two strike approach. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to there's only so much that you can actually work on and practice. But um it's really just it comes down to mentality. And that's kind of what we pride ourselves on. Um, how we are going to mentally take our two strike at bats uh yeah he might get the better of us yeah we might strike out but we're gonna take him with us like we he's not gonna just go back and kind of do his little waltz around the mound feeling good about himself he's gonna have to take a little deep breath after he uh strikes us out sort of thing so yeah uh, like i said it comes down to our mentality yeah no doubt because i mean it was this just this past series i mean I think it was back to back ABs where I watched you and Dylan take a walk. Uh, I think I think he had an O two count, you had a one two count, and I was like, these dudes. I was like, two strikes don't mean nothing to them. But you know, one of the big topics has been um, you moving to left field, and you know, I like to get insight from people who really know and understand. And you know, it's crazy before it all came to fruition and. And Cade Beloso and Jared Jones having, you know, the kind of season they're having, you know, George Cruz and me are really good friends. And he explained to me, he said, this is a good move for, for Trey. It gives him some versatility for himself, you know, as he goes to the pro, you know, gets ready for the pro level, but also helps bring in another bat. Um, Cause you know, you got guys who can play the infield. So for you, man, like was, was it a hard deal or, you know, you know, because you're a team guy, like, it, you know, wherever you want me to play coach, I'll do it. Um, Yeah, it was that. But I also had to kind of obviously work on it because I didn't want to go out there and be, you know, a liability to the teams, <laughs> trying to just uh, be like a traffic cone out there in left field. You know, he's not going to catch it unless you hit it right to him. But um, as soon as he kind of talked to me about it uh, in his office first, I was like, yeah, coach, I mean, that, that makes sense to me. <laughs> like, add more home runs to – the lineup I'm completely down for that so um we just got to work in practice and everything and I got with our um hidden coach who's also our outfield coach uh, we call him chief 
So we kind of went to work, and I got way better in the outfield. Not as good as I am at first base, but you know, I can I can run down a fly ball every now and then. Well, let's call it what it is. Nobody's as good as you at, at first base, Trey. But you know, in in the outfield, you've you've had a couple nice snags, diving plays, laying out, and and I've seen this before, man. Um, you know, Josh Hatcher for Mississippi State. I would have argued y'all were you were one A and he was one B as far as defensive uh first baseman your freshman year and uh, when he went to Kennesaw State you know when he he told us when he came on we had him back on because we'd had him on his Mississippi State then when Kennesaw State he said they needed an outfielder and he said you know I'll I'll play wherever they need me to play and you know it didn't matter he he was ready to swing it and obviously if you paid any attention, not only did he play center field well, not as well, like you said, as first baseman, but he did, he did it well and hit like 400. So it, it worked out for everybody. So sometimes guys got to do for the team. And the way, the way Bear Jones is, is hitting moms, you're talking about guys who are hitting no doubters. My goodness, that kid. Oh yeah. No, the ball, he hit. I swear he's using a different bat than we do. Cause my balls don't go that far when I hit them. That's just – it's crazy how hard he hits the ball. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's what makes it great, man. One through nine, I, I, there's, there's nobody that is, is, you know, bad in the lineup. You get excited for everybody, and anybody can can take you deep at any point. And so – and that's the fun in it. But, you know, let's get to it and, and finish up on, on the LSU side of things. You know, you got Auburn on deck this weekend, a team that's won back-to-back series, including, um, you know, going to South Carolina. So, you know, what's the message this week? Um, you're number one. You've been taking care of business, but not to get complacent. You're on the road against a team who's feeling pretty good about themselves. You know, so what's the message? Um, At the end of the day, like Coach Johnson tells us, um, we're not playing the other team. We're playing the ball. Um, we just have to play our brand of baseball. Um, every time we show out, uh, every time we show up, excuse me, uh, we kind of just have to bring our best version of ourselves uh, to the playing service. And when we do that, we feel like there's no team in the country that can play with us. And that's kind of the confidence and swagger that um, has helped us this season have so much success um, throughout kind of like the dog days. It's just that swagger that we walk around with. Um, we never feel out of any game, no matter how many runs the other team scores. Um, we always go, all right, well, get your get however many you need, and um, now you got to stop us when we get in the dugout sort of thing. And that's kind of like the mojo that we have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. You know, I'll, I'll end on this, you know, game two against Alabama – it's 6-1 if I'm not mistaken. For most teams, you know, people are like, oh, man, you know what? This just ain't our day. This is LSU. No, it, it ain't over, and it wasn't close to over. And next thing you know, the whole lineup's contributing. You are teeing off. And so I don't feel like there's there's any game that you are out of. Obviously, you know, you'd like to not have to, to produce double-digit runs, but, you know, if it's needed, you know, you guys can do it. And like I said, one through nine, there there isn't – there isn't a hole in the lineup, and it's it's just so much fun to watch, and I, and I'm just happy that it it's my team that I that is built that way. Right. So. But uh, you know, with that man, let's let's play a game called this or that. You know, I think we're at like 217 guests. Every guest has played. It's very simple. Um, I give you two options. You pick one or the other. Uh, you just can't say neither, or you can't say both. You down to play? 
Okay, so what? Let me get the rules again. I can't say neither, and I can't say both. That's yeah, so you got to choose one of the options. I got to pick one. No, no duck, no ducking anything. Okay, okay, I got you. All right, so we start kind of easy, man. If you had a time machine, would you go to the past or would you go to the future? Um, I go to the future. You going far? You going to the far? You try? You trying to figure out which pro team you on? Try? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'm just trying to see what you know the cool inventions that we we could do. I'm I already know everything we invented in the past. You know, I could open up a book for that. I'm trying to see what else we can invent. Look, I'm trying to tell you, us old folks are disappointed because all the movies made us think we were going to have a bunch of stuff by now that we don't have. So right, right, right. <laughs> All right, so next one. Would you rather be the fastest man alive or have the ability to fly? Um, ooh, that's a good one. I'd say fly, definitely. Yeah, ain't, ain't no wrong answer to either of them, but most people want to fly. Yeah. Right. So, so we talked about it, and this is one of the ones you can't duck. Would okay. you rather have, or not would you rather, who has better bombs, Bear Jones or Tommy White? <laughs> um, better. Ooh. We do we do this to all teams and all teammates. Hey, it's all in fun. Nobody gets mad at anybody. You just got to pick one. I say, I say bear. I go. I gotta go with bear because it's awesome when he gets two strikes and the pitcher kind of thinks he's out of. You know, he can't do anything. And he tries to groove in, you know, a hanging slider or a fastball, and he still puts it over the scoreboard with two strikes. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, no doubt. There's no wrong answer to that. I, I'll say what Tommy does because I've been in person for three different ones. He hits grand slams. They can they can keep trying to avoid Dylan Cruz. Uh, it's not working. <laughs> so. Right. That's what that I don't get that at all. Like I really don't. And I guess the stats, yeah, they could say that to do that, but dude, that makes no sense to me at all. I mean, it doesn't matter who in the lineup can rake. So it's like you to to your point, you might as well just pitch with Dylan and see what happens because right, you, right. you get to Tommy and if you don't best Tommy, depending on the day, it's it's either Bear or it's Cade. So like I mean somebody's waiting to take you yard right behind the next person. All right, yeah. so, this, so this one became a fun one right here. Would you rather be trapped in a romantic comedy with your enemies or a horror movie with your friends? Oh, horror movie with my friends. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, said I that, said, you I said, said that we easy. We figured that one out, dude. Like, I watch horror movies all the time, and it looks like those people are asking to die. No shot. We, we figured <laughs> that one out. We get out of there. Y'all ain't, ain't making all the dumb decisions that these folks be making on purpose? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it definitely makes me want to turn off the movie sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. All right, so if you can go to any concert, that means bucket list concert, any, any artist anywhere, or you can go to any sporting event anywhere, which one are you doing, concert or sporting event? Um... Any, oh, man, I go sporting event. I, I always wanted to go to the Super Bowl. Those look those look cool on TV, but I want to see it in person. I can go watch a little baby perform at any point. All but right, so I, uh, who's playing in that Super Bowl? Who we got? Please, Kansas say, City, you gotta be Saints, right? 
city and the states. I don't know if that's even is that possible. I don't. Really yeah, know it's AFC NFC. That works. Yeah, that's the two I'm watching. I'm Definitely. just gonna tell you as a Saints fan, Kansas City's not who I want to see on the other side. That's a fact. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is not that guy that I want to see. But all right, so I think this is a pretty easy question, but I like to ask it. Some people are traditional, you know, purple type guys. You like the purple uniforms or the gold uniforms? Oh, the purple. I like purple more, but I tend to play better in gold. So <laughs> I feel like the look for purple, but definitely performance-wise, gold. I got you. I got you. All right, so this next one, I'm I'm going to preface it by saying you're not surviving either. So it's just what, what route do you want to go about this trade? Would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or by a tiger? Um... Dude, I don't know. I feel I go with grizzly bear because tigers tend to play with their food a little bit, and that's that's not something I want to be a part of. So I go with grizzly bear. Absolutely, we we say two things about a tiger when most people choose the tiger. We say exactly what you just said. They play with their food and they're nocturnal, so they can catch you at night when you can't see them. And I'm I'm not about that business. So yeah, go go ahead and give me the grizzly bear. Um, I'll try to figure it out. I know this. You know Christian Scott from uh, Tennessee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My man said he'd outrun a grizzly bear. I looked it up on because we hadn't actually looked up the official speed in, until that episode. Grizzly bear runs 35 miles an hour. I said, Christian, I know grizzly bear big, and, and you in shape, but you ain't right. You ain't outrunning the grizzly. No bear, shot. You know? <laughs> no shot. All right, last one, man, and then you're off the hot seat. Would you rather betray your best friend? That means ultimate betrayal, no turning back. Or go to jail for five years for a crime that you did not commit. So five years hard time or betray your best friend. Oh, I do five years hard time. I'm I'm too loyal to throw my friend under the bus like that. I can't do it. I can't do it. Trey, I'm going to tell you, look, normally when I have my co-hosts here, we're best friends. Both of us say we'll throw each other on the bus. We ain't doing. We ain't doing five years hard time for <laughs> for each other. I'm, maybe it's because you younger guys just ain't learned yet. But when you pushing forty like us, and you got you got the kids that we do, nah, I ain't doing it, bro. Yeah, I mean it's just I don't know. It's loyalty overall for me. That's just if it's anything. If it's anything it. like the movies, I ain't I ain't built for right, jail. right. And right. look, I'm I'm tatted up and lift and everything, and I still ain't built for it. That's not nah, I. Ain't, mm. But you are off the hot seat, man. Before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug or promote? Um, no, I'm good. Uh, I could I could kind of promote. You know, I got my stretch man little logo thing uh some brands in my bio you know click the link in my bio get some stretch man gear but that's about it yeah and with that man uh check out lsu athletic collection one of our sponsors you can get your trey morgan poster also um i got one on my wallet. It's actually not in the screen right now because i got so many posters they can't all fit in the screen but uh if you want to check out trey and see what he's got going on go on over to instagram it's simple. It's his name, Trey Morgan. If you want to see what's going on on the diamond, LSU baseball, they got a big weekend coming up. Like I said, Auburn's been playing good baseball. Trey, we wish you and the team nothing but the best of luck this weekend. If there's anything we can do for you, reach out to us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun.
Absolutely. That's Trey Morgan, everyone. If you like hearing his story or you just like hearing Average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Comments, ratings, and feedback are always welcome. We will see everyone back Monday night as we talk to South Carolina baseball stud freshman Ethan Petrie. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. And remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.